Welcome to the Digitally Native podcast, a podcast that explores what it means to be digital and to live digital lives. I'm your host, Fungai, and together we will explore a range of topics and trends around digital and social media and digital innovation. So grab a drink, buckle up, and let's get right into it. Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of the podcast. I hope that you've been well. Um, and that you're thriving in March as we start to head into April. I know I always start these episodes with a conversation about time and I should really find something else to go on because I think when I do these recordings, it, it makes me just very aware of how, you know, it's March and then it's April, it was January, it was February, etc., etc. But, you know, no pressure. I'm not trying to uh, put pressure on anyone about the movement of time and things that we need to get done. Um, I have my own backlogs to, to deal with. But uh, interesting little thing to start with for today's episode. Um, if you follow tech in any way, you might have seen this already, um, that OpenAI, the company that came out with ChatGPT, Oh, chat GPT. <laughs> I said chat GP3 because I was thinking of um, the language model. Uh, but then this will become clearer the more I speak because just last week um, they came out with GPT4, which is an updated version of its language model. Now, if you listen to the podcast episode about chat GPT, um, at some point I do mention GPT-3, the language model that underlies uh, chat GPT. And so that's why I said chat, chat GP 3 because I was mixing the two things together. But ultimately, yes, they are very much linked. The language models um, that chat GPT works on or that the, the, the language model it currently works on is called GPT-3. However, the company that released ChatGPT has released GPT-4. Um, and this is a, um, a more advanced language model, which I think one of the more interesting things about it is that it, uh, it can make sense of visual content, uh, such as photos, uh, GIFs, anything that's not necessarily written or text-based, it is actually able uh, to work with. So this is a really interesting move in, in, in the direction of, I suppose, more intelligent, artificial intelligence. Um, I think one thing that was really quite fascinating that I read was that the New York Times showed GPT-4 a picture um, of the inside of a fridge and asked it to come up with a meal based on the ingredients that I want to say it could see, but, you know, obviously it's AI, so it can't see. But um, I guess the information that it could uh, gather about the ingredients and to, to make uh, a meal, a recipe out of that. So that's really fascinating because I think that's essentially a step in a different direction for AI that many people haven't really started to engage with. Um, uh, you know, it's 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 like a human being walking to their fridge and opening up the fridge and saying, what can I rustle up with the bread, the egg, the milk, the cheese, whatever's in your fridge? And 
for AI to be able to actually make sense of that is a very um, interesting leap um, in, in advancement. But that's a story for another day. I think what's also really been interesting that's come up, which links to today's episode, is about LinkedIn sort of taking this lead in the AI race among social media companies or social media platforms. Um, it's started to offer up uh, users AI-generated content to get them engaged. Um, and so that's really an interesting thing. I think especially when we think about LinkedIn, which we might not see as being very um, avant-garde or um, progressive in those ways for uh, LinkedIn to take take that um, initiative and to start to have this content that, um, you know, generates conversations, but it's actually AI-led. Uh, so I suppose it's um, getting a lot of its ideas and cues from content that pre-exists from LinkedIn um, and sort of is trying to model what the conversation, the ideal conversations that users tend to engage with might look like and mimicking those and then starting these conversations. So that's a really interesting thing um, uh, because, you know, I think LinkedIn doesn't really give itself that sort of space or place um, um, as a platform. But then there is something that definitely the platform is seeing value in, in incorporating AI. And that speaks to um, the topic, like I said, for today, which is... Uh, LinkedIn and, you know, what LinkedIn is going to mean in this uh, world of social media, because I think you've heard me speak about this. If you've listened to this podcast over time, um, I'm constantly trying to assess the state of social media um, in in regards to the, the generation that social media um, kind of emerged with millennials. I had an episode where I talked about in millennials would would millennials eventually quit social media? And um, I remember in that episode mentioning that I felt that more and more platforms would start to fall away the older that millennials got. But the one that seemed uh, to have a crossover appeal would be LinkedIn because ultimately LinkedIn is about a consistent need, which is work, uh, employment, money, um, those kinds of underlying things of life that we constantly need access to. So regardless of what generation you are, Gen Z, millennials, um, Gen X, etc., we ultimately all need to market ourselves in the financial uh, realm. And so LinkedIn is one of those, those platforms that seems to continuously speak to a need, whereas we've seen other social media platforms start to fall away more and more um, because of their, uh, I guess, the, the, the underlying reason why they exist is for social socialization or socializing, rather, socializing. Socialization is a different thing. But, you know, we could actually go with socialization as well because I think a lot of people get their social cues from their engagements on social media. Uh, but then ultimately, 
what has kept people on social media platforms has been the need to, to be social, to engage, to know what's going on in other people's lives. And as people get older, especially this millennial generation, as the millennial generation gets older, settles into, you know, family life, has a different model for socializing and socialization, uh, it, it, it follows that less and less uh, use or uptake will happen of social media platforms because uh, people are in a completely different stage of their lives. And so as that social impetus or motivation starts to dwindle, these platforms start to struggle more and more. And um, I think that's the really interesting thing that we have to look at uh, when we look at the longevity of social media platforms and where they're going, um, because Gen Z is not taking them up in the same way that millennials did. And so, you know, the, the, the one platform that we know Gen Z is really into is TikTok. And I talk about this quite a lot. Um, and, and so what's going to happen to all these platforms? And so uh, this is where we land with LinkedIn. And we ask about uh, what its relevance is going to be in the future. So what's really interesting as well is that LinkedIn is turning 20 this year. Uh, LinkedIn launched in May 2003. And just recently, actually, I think yesterday, Twitter had its 17th um, anniversary. And so Twitter's 17 years old and LinkedIn is 20 years old this year. And what is really interesting when we look at just about five or 10 years ago, um, where each was positioned, we see that, um, yes, LinkedIn was a, uh, a useful and relevant platform, but I think more, many people would say, oh, you know, this future is Twitter, it's Facebook, um, and all those platforms that were doing very well at that time, Instagram, etc. But again, we see this shift where LinkedIn starts to take on a greater significance as the user group or the user audience for the social media platform starts to evolve into a different role or stage in life. And so all of a sudden, LinkedIn starts to become a little bit more important or a little bit more interesting. And I'll quote this from an article that I just read uh, earlier. Um, it's from fastcompany.com and they say, Today, more than 4,500 job applications are submitted and eight hires are now made every minute on the platform. This is on LinkedIn. Its revenue surpassed 14 billion US dollars in the last 12 months, close to quadruple, quadruple the figure at the time of its acquisition. And so LinkedIn is growing in leaps and bounds and there's multiple reasons why this is happening. I've spoken to one of my hobby horse reasons, which is, you know, the millennial generation and its shifts. Uh, but then I think there's so much more that we can look at that um, is making LinkedIn more of a viable space. And I think one thing that's also really important to look at is what people thought of LinkedIn at its inception or when it came to market. And I'll read again from this article that I just quoted from, and I it says, its emphasis on members' professional lives rather than personal pursuits was seen by some as a strategic blunder. Even the notion of posting your resume in public was jarringly unfamiliar and likely to be taken as an act of disloyalty. Now, I am a person who had great resistance to LinkedIn 
at its uh, at the beginning. I am a, you know, when we talk about early adopters and all those kinds of things, I'm, I'm a laggard <laughs> when it comes to LinkedIn. I think I tried it maybe 10 or so years ago and I found it very strange to have my, like this, this quote says, to have my CV, my resume, very public and to posture in certain ways. I think a lot of people have taken the mickey out of LinkedIn for this in the sense that LinkedIn is always, um, it's always somewhat performative. Um, there is a kind of way that one positions themselves to, to be relevant on LinkedIn, which is very, you know, formal, wise, and, um, knowledgeable, you know, just, just very, very much in command of their sector or their field of knowledge. And so I always found that very off-putting because I'm not, I'm not a person who likes that level of formality and that level of performativity on some level. And I'm not saying everyone who's on LinkedIn is performing themselves. Although, you know, I think the bigger thing is, are we not all just performing ourselves across every social media platform? It just, it's just you find your own space where you feel like you want to perform yourself the most because are we who we are on social media in real life anyway. So if we're talking about LinkedIn as one of our performances, for me in the performance arena of self, LinkedIn never uh, appealed. It was always a space that felt a little too different to who I am. And so I resisted it for a long time and then eventually came on board, um, especially during the pandemic, I think I started to have a few conversations there. And it again, it just didn't feel like it was my space. And, you know, I kind of went off of it and came back to it eventually again, I think last year. So I think that's one thing that keeps some people away from LinkedIn, but it's also a space that for sure um, enables a lot of networking, a lot of conversations, a lot of collaborations with people who are in the same sector, in the same field. And I think it just brings about a professional um, outlook that people want to have the older they get. You know, people want to have a professional profile. They want to have a digital profile, but they want that profile to be more of their professional life rather than their personal life. So LinkedIn is a very safe place to have yourself out there without uh, having yourself out there, so to speak. Um, and so I think that's been one of the things that a lot of people felt a lot of resistance towards LinkedIn about. But then as people, again, this millennial generation, as it gets older and as it settles into work and life and family, etc., this again becomes a space that says, hey, this is how I want to present myself. This is what I want people to know about me. I do not need uh, all my information out there on Twitter or on Facebook or on any other platform. All I need is a very uh, professional, clean look. And so it's becoming more and more the space that people would um, want to have their uh, social media profile. Um, but I think there's also um, a lot of other things that are happening that uh, make LinkedIn the space that it is becoming more and more of. And one thing that has really had an impact is obviously COVID. 
um, and the pan pandemic and how that shifted a lot of our interactions. We know that, for instance, TikTok, we can, we can ask if TikTok would be as popular today if the pandemic hadn't happened because, again, TikTok-oriented young Gen Z uh, people to find ways to engage with each other in a time when physical um, uh, interaction was impossible. And so that, that was a, a very fertile uh, period for the growth of that social media platform. And we can say, well, uh, LinkedIn probably also enjoyed uh, a little upsurge because of the pandemic, because people were working from home um, and, and the job uh, market or the way that work uh, was structured somewhat shifted. Uh, we all took on more of an online profile or persona uh, and, you know, people were working via Zoom, were working via Teams, different, you know, platforms that were uh, encouraging digital engagement. And so, you know, I, I, I wasn't really on LinkedIn during the pandemic, but I, I just like to assume that that's some, somewhat also why um, people have taken more to it because we are just more in a digital environment. Also, people were experiencing job cuts at that time. And so if you're looking for work during a pandemic, here's a platform that actually enables you to engage with people in this digital reality that we were all living in. Um, and then I think there's also just other things that are happening. I've, I've alluded to them. Other platforms are stagnating. We know this um, from different conversations that I've had on this podcast, but also just in general. Uh, we know that uh, Meta or Facebook have been having a lot of layoffs, as have Twitter and other spaces. And LinkedIn is not exempt from that. There's been a lot of um, upheavals there as well. But uh, I think they've been far less... Uh, exaggerated as they have been for these dominant social media companies that are now facing this uh, moment where there's a lack of clarity about how they will grow and how they will continue um, uh, into the coming years. So I think it's also just gaining from that stagnation from other platforms in that users who might generally stay on those platforms or feel safer and they are starting to migrate as well to LinkedIn. Um, you know, it, it follows that if I desire a social experience, for example, and all my friends leave Twitter or they leave Facebook or wherever, it's either that I find another way to be social with people of that similar ilk or I just, you know, take it offline and find a different avenue. But if there is a platform that one can find, they might then migrate to that platform or they might migrate to that platform to still engage with those same people, but in a very different format or way. And so um, I might not be on Twitter as much or I might not be on Facebook as much, but if I uh, am more on LinkedIn and someone wants to engage with me still, they might become more uh, active on LinkedIn just to engage in those those ways. So it's also, I think, a, a thing about how people are migrating to these different spaces um, to engage, to continue the social experience. Uh, but then also there's a whole lot of other things that are happening. 
Um, with, for instance, the safety of platforms, I think we know um, places and spaces like Twitter particularly have become very, very toxic. Uh, people are no longer feeling uh, safe to engage on those spaces because there are a lot of trolls. There's a lot of, you know, just negative sentiment and people who are just very committed to having a negative experience in these social media spaces. And so the safety is 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 far, far much better, obviously, in a space like LinkedIn, where we're not having conversations that are necessarily so controversial or uh, so, so uh, that tend to bringing up very opinionated responses. So it's a safer environment. It's a very professional environment. It's like being in an office and bringing um, a conversation about, I don't know, something that's very controversial or something that you know will get people very polarized. If we're in the office environment, we tend to steer away from those conversations because we know that they're polarizing. And so if we think of LinkedIn as an extension of an office or the idea of the office environment, it's very clear that people will steer away from certain conversations on that space or in that space because they're not deemed professional. That is not the right or appropriate space for them. And so... Um, we, we, we feel safer. We feel safer in spaces where we are not going to rock the boat too much. And so I think that's also another thing that people are looking for more and more because social media has become so divisive and so toxic and people just want to have conversations that will not lead them into controversy or into spaces of um, radical disagreements. So that's another thing that's working in LinkedIn's favor at the moment. Um, and... Um, and making people, I think, if they're going to have a social media experience, they're going to choose to go there or somewhere like Instagram where uh, you don't really have to engage so much. You can just watch something. It's aesthetically pleasing uh, and keep it moving. The same with something like TikTok. You might just go there for a laugh. Uh, so I think there's all these different things that are starting to happen uh, where people feel safer and safer in different platforms and spaces as a result of one, where they are in terms of their life and, um, you know, where just age takes you, social, socializing takes you the older you get, but also, you know, the decline of these platforms that were so much based on people building social experiences and now people becoming more and more private, focusing more and more on their own lives. And then also, I think the toxicity that has just started to become so inbuilt into social media and uh, people looking for safe outlets for expression and community and engagement. So, I mean, the question then becomes, well, what, what then will LinkedIn do with that? Can LinkedIn do anything else with that? I don't know. Um, it's, I think it's an interesting place that LinkedIn occupies because... We'll see, you know, in the years to come, what LinkedIn might evolve to become. Uh, I I foresee LinkedIn perhaps tapping a little bit more into that social um, engagement that people are steering away from other platforms in pursuit of. 
I don't know what that could look like at the moment, but um, I think already we've seen LinkedIn start to uh, adopt some of the more social features of social media platforms. Um, I'm not on it enough to actually watch its evolution, but um, I do know that, you know, there is uh, the ways that uh, I think even emotions or responses to posts, I don't know that those always used to exist. I think I came across them a a couple of years ago um, and I was like, oh, this is interesting. You now have more ranges of things um, that you can, like emotions that you can engage with to show um, a sentiment towards a post, which, you know, is in line with all these other platforms like Facebook, which which started to offer more and more emotional range for um, engagement. And so I think the more we go into this era where social media companies are struggling with their identities, we will see LinkedIn try a bit more, a few different things um, to capture this this target or this audience that still exists, but that is shifting and evolving and that wants to base more of its conversational material on formal professional content and ideas rather than, you know, expressing my thoughts, my views, my opinions, or showing you pictures of my family or my trip or, you know, whatever it is. But I'd really be interested to see how LinkedIn is going to work with that and integrate all these different factors and features into um, how it's shifting itself. So I think even its lead at the moment in using AI to generate conversations is really, I think, founded on how LinkedIn wants to uh, position itself more and more as a space for these kinds of conversation starters, which I think from history have largely, you know, there's there's a kind of mold or template, there's social, there's LinkedIn influencers. I wanted to call them social media influencers, but I think they're kind of different uh, because they're LinkedIn influencers who are very, you know, very much known as leads in their in their sector who have, you know, thousands of followers and, you know, they post these um, very thoughtful posts and people come and engage with them and that sort of thing. And I think that's still something that's going to be a feature, but then I think that LinkedIn also trying to get AI generated conversations going um, is a sign that it, it wants to position itself as a space where people actually engage and converse and come together around ideas and contribute and co-create in those ways, which was a very strong social media um, model. Well, other social media models, Facebook, Twitter, etc. So it'll be interesting to see what goes on in the future. Uh, that's just my two cents on the topic. It'll be interesting to hear what you have to say. Um, and I know I always say it'll be interesting to hear what you have to say. And I never actually offer a place uh, for you to actually engage. I will have that very soon with you. I think next week I will be able to share more information about how you can interact, where you can find um or share any ideas you have about future episodes or things you're interested in hearing on this podcast. So please do just uh, bear with me. I'm 
you know, I'm still a one woman show trying to make it all work um, alongside everything else that happens with life and in life. And so, yeah, please just stay tuned and I will be able to give more of that information to you in coming episodes. Until then, thank you so much for listening and take good care of yourselves. See you again and happy equinox, uh, which depending on which uh, hemisphere you're in, it might be spring coming up, it might be autumn coming up. Uh, but whatever it is, hope that I hope that the new season brings with it uh, a very good energies and good uh, tidings for a good next season of life. Thank you. Take care and speak soon.